is when I really feel like you can get a much greater reach on social media. So a lot of people will try and chase trends or news jack and try and do these short-term things. Whereas I personally have spent honestly thousands of hours on sales calls with potential clients. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast. I'm your host, Delaney McGuire. And here on the show, we're all about products and people who make an impact wellness, technology, entrepreneurship, venture capital, all things that have to do with making the world a better place and making a ton of money along the way. Today on the show, we have Lauren Tickner. Lauren is the CEO and founder of Impact School. She was a millionaire by the age of 23 and has a cumulative social audience of over 450,000. She found her early success scaling her online health coaching program called Strength Feed. And she now has helped over 1,200 business owners leverage social media sales systems to enroll premium clients organically. That's a mouthful, but essentially Lauren is a social media wizard and she's here to teach us today all about how we can leverage social media to grow our business, our impact, and our influence. Welcome everybody, Lauren Tickner. Lauren, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Fellow Austin person. I'm like claiming myself as an Austin person now. Exactly. We're going to... We're going to slowly rope you in. You don't know it yet, but you will. You'll wake up in four, four years and be like, how did I end up in Austin? <laughs> the people are the great. People. That's really The best cool. people. Seriously. How is like all the cool people in one spot? I'm it's jealous. the thing. It's like Austin doesn't, it's cool, but like no mountains, no crazy beach. People are like, Ugh, okay, fine. Food's good. Weather's pretty good. People are great. And yeah. it keeps, that's what happens to matter. It's so true. That's like the only good thing about it, but that's the best part about life, right? Yeah. It makes you realize what actually matters as a human. It's like, as long as you have good people and you can do decent things with them and like (laughs) you can eat some decent food once in a while, go to a barbecue, go to a pool party, you're chilling. That's really all you need. Yeah. yeah. The one bad thing is like, whenever I go to restaurants there, I always get the oil and the butter, butter on the side, right? No Mm. oil, no butter. I just tell them, put it on the side. Then they understand what I'm trying to say. But Austin is like the one place where they refuse to do that. So I'm like, is this just like a Texas thing? Or because I would have thought that even in those kind of healthy spots, they would have done it. But even in the kind of nice, good, true food kind of places, they still don't quite Interesting. Kind of sketch. Kind of sketch. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. say complete tangent, but worth it. There's this yeah. app someone showed me recently, literally at the party I met you at called Seed Oil Scout. It probably doesn't exist in Colombia or wherever else you're going, but when you're in the US, at least in Austin, it's actually like a it's like a food map where they tell you people are validating what kind of oils are being cooked with so you can like only oh. go to the there's a list of like 20 or 30 places in Austin where they've kind of so done it. the behind the scenes look. So for anyone out there, Seed Oil Scout if you're trying to be on your health game. That's very cool. Very cool. Love it. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Yeah, of course. All right. So I introduced you to our audience. You are the social media guru. I would, I don't want to hit the basic boring question of tell us about your life because anyone, there's a million podcasts about that. It's valid and interesting and important, but hopefully we'll get some sprinkles of that, but also dive into like really tactical, tangible things for the audience. So you were a millionaire by 23. That's freaking epic. It seems like you found a lot of that success through leveraging social media. My first question for you is what was the biggest aha that unlocked like the exponential growth that you found to hit that first million? I really believe that when you first figure out that you can sell things to strangers on the internet, it literally gives you so much confidence (laughs) that you feel like you have this just crazy power, right? So I remember the first time 
I was actually still living with my parents, okay, because I was 18 and I had not even finished high school yet. But this company sent me like a healthy bar, like a healthy nut bar. And they paid me 300 pounds to make one post on Instagram at age 18. And just a few months before that, my job was cleaning dishes in a pub, like a British pub. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, I have just made the amount that it would have taken me literally weeks to make in my job. I was getting paid like three pounds an hour, three pounds 60 an hour. And so for me, as soon as I I realized, okay, there is actually genuine value that people that have no idea who I am see in the things that I'm doing. This is flipping huge. And so from there, I honestly just got so much confidence. And I think this might be like a superpower. And I don't know if you can relate to this because like, I think you're pretty young as well. But when you're young or like newer to business, I think you're just so naive that you just don't see the potential consequences. So in the beginning, I didn't even consider that I have a business. I think it took me like four years of doing (laughs) it to actually think, oh, wow, this is like a legit business. I always just saw it as me just doing stuff and selling things that helps people. So honestly, I think if you haven't ever sold something by yourself with no one helping you on the internet to a stranger, I legitimately believe that's one of the most empowering things. I love that. Okay. So mindset is part of it, getting over the potential mental barriers of your confidence, your ability to do it. It's awesome Mm -hmm. to be born with just like, that sort of confidence or willingness or even just cultivating it, but the ability like, Oh, I actually, what is it? Imposter syndrome, like getting over that imposter yeah. syndrome of, okay, I can do it. Was there a moment? Cause of course there's a difference between just taking a ton of action and actually seeing that realized in terms of revenue. Yeah. Oh, totally. Were you like pumping out a ton of effort and did it all, was it always just taking off? Did you just happen to have the right puzzle pieces or were there certain things that once you aligned them in a certain way, things became like very real. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was starting again now, I would do things way differently because I was posting like three times a day and I was only using Instagram. Whereas now I would instead flip it on its head and get quality content, posting like three to five times a week. And then I would copy and paste it onto every platform. So that Mm. one thing would have had way more reach. And I was always creating brand new content from scratch instead of looking at the trends, seeing what was working, actually reading the data. I wasn't even collecting data. And then I would then instead now just change the hook slightly or just change the call to action a little bit and post the same thing pretty much again and again until I got that one angle to actually convert. But to your point, I really believe that, especially nowadays, even more so than before, community and a community that's either centered around a group of people, like an interest-based community or an outcome-based community. So for example, like we help people that are actually trying to make sales on social media. Whereas when I was in fitness, I was helping women that were trying to become strong. So the, it's very different before I was really focused, mainly it was more about that type of person, like the woman who's like trying to become strong and fit and healthy. It was all around like a niche, a more particular niche. Whereas now it's not so much the niche per se, it's more about the outcome that my community is centering around. And so when you're clear on what type of community are you building? And then from there, figuring out, all right, what's the best thing that I can sell to these people 
And it depends what you're trying to go for, right? So for example, in Austin, like a lot of people are not trying to build super high profit businesses. They're more so optimizing for, and I say Austin because that's where we met, but they're more optimizing for exitability. Whereas until now, I've 100% been optimizing for profitability. So it's understanding what are you actually optimizing for and then building a business model around that. So if you want to exit, you might want to decrease the actual amount that clients pay you up front and instead get them on monthly recurring revenue yep. and make sure that it's not like personal brand led and have it actually mm. more the, the business infrastructure and all around like the company and the values and the community. Whereas for me until now, it's more been like led with the personal brand and more about having a much higher price package. Clients pay way more up front and then they don't stay for as long. Mm. And so that's something that I'm trying to think through in my mind as I start to think, how could I actually increase the asset value of my business? Because yeah, for sure. For me, for example, I said this to someone, I was like, oh yeah, like a hundred K in a month profit. That's so low. I said that because that's what I'm used to in my business. Whereas actually that might be 20K in monthly recurring revenue. The asset value probably has more if it's some type of like software or whatever, whereby it's not personal brand led and it's all based around some particular type of really engaged community that might actually be a better overall asset value and probably is than my existing business right now. So it really depends what you're optimizing for. But for me, I was always optimizing to make money because I just didn't want to have a job. Honestly, <laughs> I wanted to make enough so that I didn't need to go and do corporate because I did it for eight months and it was hell. That's so interesting. I think that's extremely relevant to this conversation. I was really trying to bridge the gap between our traditional audience and your frame. A lot of really the focus for this podcast, and we have a ton of different types of listeners, but it's a lot of people who are building specifically software type businesses. And I think about this as a creator myself and I'm sure a lot of listeners do as well, is like, how do I approach social media as a way to their primary focus right now for most of them is going to be growing and building their business and yeah. figuring out how to allow social media to support that. But there really is this trade-off of, do I focus on building up the social value of this business that I will eventually exit and then I'll have to start over for the next thing I build? Or do I focus on building a ton of personal brand value that I can yeah. just keep spinning off and selling new products on but it makes it much more challenging to actually package up and sell the thing if I ever did want to exit. Yeah, so I have had so many debates and discussions with people about this. And my honest, true belief is personal brand. And if you could see like the deal flow that I get, it's insane. What do you it's mean by deal flow? Potential companies to invest in, to acquire mm. asset purchases of lists and communities. And that's a, st a strategy that I'm exploring and actually acting on, right? Because I'm able, from my personal brand, I have the awareness and visibility. And then things come to me, like maybe some distressed business, which isn't a very good business, but has a really great email list of 200,000 with 40% open rates. This is a very recent example that like came to me a couple of days ago. But the business just isn't being run properly and they need it off their plate because it's churning money. And I don't want the business. I just want the actual list because mm -hmm. I know how to monetize that. And so that comes from my personal brand. It doesn't come from my business. My business doesn't have that type of visibility. And you're right. If I would then sell my business or one of the businesses that I have equity in, I get the money, but I keep the content that I've been building. Now, one of the things that I... I'm trying to move away from at the moment. And my aim is to do this through an acquisition of other media outlets is right now, my company is still pretty reliant on my social media for lead generation. And I don't like that, honestly. It's nice 
because again, the profit margins are really high. Right now we're barely even running ads. So it's all organic. But at the same time, ultimately, where's the asset value there? It's not, it's in me. And so that's not cool if that's something that I was, I'd be wanting to exit. But I think if you're the founder, then it's so valuable to actually go out and build your personal brand. And I love this thing in SaaS. If most of your audience is SaaS, where it's built in public, I think that is so cool as the user of softwares to see SaaS founders actually doing that because it shows that as a business owner, you care about your audience and the people that are using your services. And I think it's cool to see founders like, engaging with their communities. But when it comes to actually using that to bring in business, that's something that I wish that I backtracked on a little bit and didn't focus on so heavily. And instead focused on ensuring that I had multiple different key individuals who were doing that on behalf of the company. Got it. So thinking about other affiliate partnerships or yeah. really just <clears throat> diversifying how you're bringing leads. And if you were a traditional business without a big brand attached, essentially how yeah, you exactly. go about that. Love 100%. that. Yeah. Awesome. I think this is a really good and jump off point into another few questions I had for you. And again, thinking about this specific niche, it's a bit different. I spent several years in the more traditional coaching space as well, prior to getting into tech business development. And I think when you're coaching and providing a service, the business itself is actually pretty simple. So you can spend a ton of your time on content creation and it becomes like, yeah. that's a lot of what your energy and effort is for people building technology companies. Yeah. Something I've run into, and I know a lot of people do is time investment and you only have so much time and you want to create an amazing product and the business is a bit more complex or requires more of your time. For that type of audience, from even just starting extremely high level, how would you think about social strategy when you know your time is limited and you're time is fractured into a lot of different other areas of the business as well. Social media shouldn't really take more than 60 to 90 minutes a week. If it's taking more time than that, then you're probably overthinking it. <laughs> and I actually, oh, how much money did I sink into building a software like over the last, not last, not like the rest of this year, but the year before that and the year before that. Oh man, I sunk. It's probably not a lot compared to some of your people, mm -hmm. probably like 300K into mm -hmm. building a SaaS and it just never went anywhere because I'm not a SaaS founder and I didn't have a <laughs> SaaS co-founder. And you're right, I was building my coaching business, the agency that I had, and it was just a total distraction for me. So tangent, but to your point, if it's taking someone so much time that like they legitimately <laughs> can't find 60 minutes, then I would say that you're trying to do something with a barrier to entry way too high. One thing that I always say to anyone that I'm speaking to about social media is what's the minimum viable amount that you can actually put out and stick to consistently every week? Because when we make it like, okay, every single week, I'm going to post a podcast and two YouTube videos and five posts on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. We just make it way too hard for ourselves. Whereas instead it's okay, let's say you're going to post three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. One of those posts is going to be where you're answering the question in people's minds, who is this person and why should I listen to them? So in that post, you want to showcase and demonstrate credibility and authority. So you can either do that directly by essentially saying, let's say, I don't know, give me an example of a SaaS business that you work with. A SaaS business that I work with in what yeah. capacity, like a or product like the, that you run. Yeah, yeah perfect. I run a software called NoTox. So it helps people okay. remove toxins from their home environment. Okay, interesting. So how many people have you helped or what's something interesting that you've done in relation to helping people with this? 
Yeah. So we have, I think some really interesting data points. We really do try to follow the build in public model. So we love to talk about, we're actually a very new product. So like numbers, isn't that exciting yet, but the things that are exciting are brand partnerships. So we've got a ton of like really epic brands that we brought in and give discounts on our application. So we have AquaTrue, Air Doctor, Simpure, Caraway Pans, Extrema Pans, all these super cool non-toxic product companies. And we've got a ton of really cool influencers that are also signed up to help us launch this product. Okay, that's awesome. So how many in total do you know roughly you have that you're working with right now? Influencers or users? Just no brands and influencers. Brands. Uh, we've yeah. got about 10 brands on the platform and we have about a dozen high profile influencers as well. Okay, cool. So like you could literally say more than a dozen high profile influencers want to endorse. What's the name of your brand? No talks. No talks. Right. And then you, then the next line could literally be like, here are the five reasons why they want to work with us. And then you just go into it like thread stuff. So it's basically top of the funnel. It's like, why should people actually listen to me about the area in which I want to talk about? So that's what you're asking in those people's minds. Just literally one of those posts a week. And at the end of it, just get them, just say, thank you so much for reading this. If you want to learn more about how you can make sure, you know, that you have less toxins in your home, et cetera, then make sure to follow along for more. Okay, super simple. No real kind of call to action. It's more just like getting them to follow you. Yeah. So let's say you post that on a Monday. Okay, simple. Wednesday's post would be for people that already follow you but they don't just necessarily know much about your service or your product. So it's like, okay, here are, here are th- so, so let's just say, I don't know, like this one person went from, it could be one of your clients or users went from X to Y, or you could use a data point. Like I was speaking to somebody yesterday and he said he, he helped 550 people become millionaires. So he was like, I've helped 550 people become millionaires over the last 10 years. So that was like what he was saying, but your thing could be like, here's how, actually that would probably be top of the funnel to be fair, but your one could be like, here's how 1000 plus. How the system actually works. So like when you're engaging with the product or service, some of the features or benefits more. Yeah. Or like tactics. It could even be tactics, tips, something that's like a bit strategic about your area. Yeah. Okay. So for you, for example, like what's one thing that everybody needs to know about toxins in their home? Oh, air filter, water filters, like the different, the nuances, like your Brita filter sucks, throw it in the fucking garbage. Yeah. Most filters suck, throw them in the garbage here. Like you should definitely have a reverse osmosis system in your home is the TLDR. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So here's why your water filtration system sucks. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's probably making you sick and miserable. And then you'd basically just go into like the tactics behind it. And at the end, give people something for free. So for Mm. you, maybe you could drive them to, I don't know if you guys give out like a discount or something. Yeah, we we do a freemium. We do a freemium model anyway, so everyone can access the product. Okay. So then at the end of it, you would just want to give them access to that. And then for the bottom of the funnel people, it's just like direct. It's just access. Okay. Just over time you'll be able to consistently just figure out like the exact phrasing that works for you so it will essentially be like we'll install our d our like no tox system into your home so that you have 99 less toxins and can live a way healthier life send me a message saying info and i'll send you a link to sign up for free something like this love that 
Yeah. So those and that's, are that's like the third post of the week is what you're saying. Yeah. Monday, that could be the Friday. third post of the week. Like you can just keep it honestly so simple with social media because my whole strategy isn't necessarily about having to grow a huge audience. It's more about how can you actually monetize your audience? Yeah. Which makes sense. If you can't monetize, even if it's just in reality, you're probably monetizing a percentage of your total audience. So you might as well figure out how to monetize your hundred or thousand person audience to start knowing that it'll grow over time with your other recommendations. Yeah, hundred percent. And the interesting thing is sometimes this type of post, this is like the minimum viable post. If you're trying to actually use social media to make money, obviously, if you're not trying to use, if you're trying to just build your personal brand and you're like a SaaS founder and you really don't want to drive leads from your own brand, you would basically just always post the top of the funnel and the middle of the funnel content. Like you would just never post the bottom of the funnel. Instead, you would just swap it out. Yeah. I love that. So the first two types. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so it should take you 60 to, and this is me just really digging into the tactic side of this. It should take yeah. you 60 to 90 minutes a week. Are you, and I'm sure it slightly depends on what type of business you're running. Yeah. Do you have a rep recommendation for even just a framework of how to think about what platforms to choose? Because it's that's probably a little different from the person who's gonna, if you're gonna do that much, you're probably not putting out a super high quality YouTube piece of content each week. So yeah. that's probably off the table. Maybe it's not. How would you... What sort of questions would you invite that founder or person to think about to choose their platform strategy? I think it it's just so easy to copy and paste it everywhere. Yeah. I literally think people that are not copying and pasting their content onto every platform are crazy because you're yeah. just missing so much reach. Yeah. Facebook page, Facebook feed, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube has like a creator shorts now thing. Yeah, shorts too. I haven't even spoke about video content here. But all of the copy that I just went through with those three styles of posts, you can legit just take like some random video of anything, <laughs> put some music on it and just copy and paste the text onto the <laughs> thing. And then you can put it on reels and shorts and TikTok. Look, I have to say, I, I prefer to do less, but make it go further. Because it's crazy. I don't know if you know who Anchor Nagpal is. He sold Teachable for 250 million. He's a friend of mine. And we had a selfie together, right? And then we did an interview and it was fun. But I made this random post on Twitter, right? And it totally flopped. A guy from my team, because I just posted a selfie of us, right? I didn't really think much about it. A guy from my team basically wrote this long copy <laughs> and posted it on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. On LinkedIn, it went crazy. It literally went crazy. And so I just thought, how interesting is this? That like one thing on Twitter, when I put no effort in, it's just a random selfie, just, hey, we just recorded a great interview. But then my team, the guy from my team, he took it, added tons of value about the things that like I learned from him. Mm. It still didn't do well on Twitter when he posted it there, but when he posted it on LinkedIn, it crashed. I love that. Yeah, because basically what happened was I got on a call with a guy from my team. I basically said everything that I learned and he <laughs> put it all out. Yeah, I love that. That makes me really happy to hear because people are listening are probably like, oh my God, she probably has this crazy complex system in the background, which maybe you do have. And I do want to understand no, it if no, you do. But the fact that you're like, hey, this thing was interesting. Here's what happened. Just yeah, put it into something valuable and useful because I got other shit I got to do. Yeah, I honestly really like writing the content myself. It's just like one of those things where I think sometimes your biggest strength can also be your biggest weakness because I find it very hard to delegate. But to be honest, like 
right now I'm just more looking for leverage because I have other stuff that I need to get on yeah, with. Yeah, of course. But I think as time goes on, I'll probably, I'll probably actually take back control over it as we start to move away from me needing to be the one who's pushing leads. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I find myself in a pretty similar situation. It makes sense as a business owner, you want to fire yourself in the things that don't require your brain, right? And if you yeah. just record the podcast, your whole brain is embedded in that content. So it's very right. easy to outsource that to someone else. And I don't think anyone would even fault you for doing so in the age that we're in today, because it truly was your content at the beginning. It's different from telling someone to just go write a book on your behalf. That has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I literally, I don't know how people do that because I don't know, this is like the one area where I'm very like micromanaging because it's your personal brand. Yeah. If you literally, if someone's writing everything for you, it's oh God. <laughs> it's not even you. Yeah. yeah. I'll be super honest. I mess around with these things and I just tinker. And I allowed, I let my VA like run in my Twitter. I literally have never used Twitter. I was just like, this is a, this is, we're just going to test this. I'm yeah. basically no follower. So just go with it and just see what you can do. <laughs> and it, I cringe every time I opened it and I was like, okay, stop. <laughs> we're just going to do nothing until I figure out how to, how I want to interact with it. Cause it is yeah. just, you can tell this is not me, but I really appreciate sharing that. And, but I do, I also have to very much agree that like with this podcast, my favorite thing, even though as a literally a tech founder, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? But I love going back and doing the copy for my podcast because I get to re-listen to the episode. I get yeah. to write it in a way that I think adds the most value. And it's like triple learning for me. So even as a creator, I struggle with that balance too of how much of this should I own? I'm sure you can resonate with the idea of systematize everything and operationalize yeah. everything and then figure out what's yours and what's not. Yeah, it's, I think, again, it just depends on the purpose, right? So for me right now in this season, like we are using my brand to drive leads. Okay, I'm fine if someone is like taking something that I have said or something that we do with our clients and turning that into content because I've like very closely trained somebody on my team. But eventually, because again, like we spoke about this earlier on, it's like the high profit business model, which is like not exitable versus the business model that you're optimizing more for monthly recurring revenue and all the things that investors are looking for when they're buying companies that I know really well because I also invest in businesses myself. So it's been a really interesting learning for me, I guess, because whenever I hire potential like media buyers on my team or copywriters, they are always the ones that have the most resistance to personal branding my company because they know how much easier it is and cheaper it is to bring in leads when you put a personal brand in the front mm. whereas that's why honestly over this last six months I really restructured my leadership team because those that were not clearly aligned on the vision I unfortunately had to let them go because they were so resistant to any change they always wanted to like in sales calls name drop Lauren and in all the ads always have my face mm. so right now we're essentially I'm thinking about it like a volume dial, right? Turning the volume dial down on like me pushing the leads or my name, should I say? And then turning the volume dial on the impact school company on bringing leads in through that and running ads 100% without my face at all and my team being in there. And so I think it's a really interesting thing. Like I'm just going back to that point is what are you optimizing for right now? Is it higher profits and more cash flow, or is it exitability of the company? And for me at this stage, in the short term, cash flow, but in the long term, exitability. And so I've decreased my profits a little to be able to actually allow for the infrastructure for that to happen. So it's pretty fun. And it's like a new journey for me doing this with a company that has historically been personal brand led. So yeah. I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how that goes over the next 
few months. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I'm actually, even though it's not the main intention of what a lot of this audience is probably thinking about, I personally have a deep interest and curiosity with all this because I spent a ton of time mentoring under people who do phenomenal in this space. And the reason I ultimately decided to pivot, which I love what you're doing, I saw them making seven, eight figures at minimum in their business yeah. and hating their business because they're the dancing human. That is, yeah. they are the thing. And now they're having children and they want to be able to do other things. And it was cool to become an Instagram personality until life got, they decided they wanted to do other things and they couldn't unplug. So I think that's really valuable and important for anyone building really any type of business is to think about. And that's why lean startup built to sell. Everyone should be reading these types of books. Yeah. Well, at least built to sell probably, or really just understanding how can you keep yourself removed from your entity? Because no one wants to be owned by the business that you're building at the end of the day. Totally. Yeah, that's it. And I think, with this type of business model, like the high profit, high cash flow business, I personally really, I love it. And I think it's a really great way to figure out what are the actual needs in the market. And then from there, I think bolting on some type of tech or SaaS, et cetera, onto that, or even moving towards that direction. I think that's a really great way. For, that's what we see this a lot in our clients is they'll like crash with you know, selling some type of services or coaching or whatever. And then they understand that market's so good. Then they move into different types of businesses there. I love that. Very cool. Okay. So you dropped a few of these, I'll call them hacks for lack of a better term, but essentially with your, how your social media strategy has evolved over time. Or a content creator who's looking to grow their audience, can you share maybe the top five, top five, or just five things that you feel like as of today, as we're recording June 2023, do really move the needle in terms of engagement and reach of content? And if you want to pick one per one for each platform, or just the things that even just regard, even if it's the okay, you know what, Instagram feels like it's hitting the hardest because I do these few things, whatever you'd like to share, I'll leave it really open. Yeah, so if we're talking reaching more people on social media, right? I'm not, I won't talk about monetizing here because yeah. I feel like it will be more relevant for your audience, right? Or Yeah, that can be a different point. Okay, cool. So as a business owner, one of the things that we need to do is obviously understand the problems that our ideal client and users are facing. And so ultimately when you're able to find three to five key problems that whenever you hit on it, you know that this is going to trigger some type of response. That is when I really feel like you can get a much greater reach on social media. So a lot of people will try and chase trends or news jack and try and do these short-term things. Whereas I personally have spent honestly thousands of hours on sales calls with potential clients and in the DMs with potential clients or members or users or whatever, because I really needed to know what are their problems? And I'm not only trying to have these meetings with potential members of what it is that we do, but just to make a sale, but also to be able to get market research. And I think it's one of the easiest, most simplest things to do. You can also just survey your existing users and find out like, why did you actually sign up? What was the biggest problem you were facing before you bought our service, joined our membership, et cetera? Because when you know those things, then you literally have endless ideas for content. And instead of trying to make things up, you're actually taking the words of the users, the clients, the subscribers. And it's a way quicker and more effective way to actually get go further. So I have three to five buckets for the top of the funnel content. So like when I'm talking to people that don't know who I am already or who my company is, and then I have 
five buckets as well for the people who already know who we are, but it's all tactical stuff. So there's five pillars that I'm speaking about when it comes to like tactics and strategy relating to the problems that I was hearing on those sales calls and that my team tells me they're here on sales calls. And so I basically center everything around that because then I'll give you a great example. One of the things that we hear a lot is, oh, I want to make money on social media, but I don't have a big following. So then we always talk about how we have all these clients that have a huge following and before they work with us, they legit make no money. Then another one of the things that we hear all the time is, oh, but it's so hard to sell high value stuff. I think I should sell like a $9 per month membership. So then we always talk about tactically why that business model is not good for what they're trying to achieve and instead why they should charge a higher price premium for what it is that they're selling. And that was basically objections that we were hearing as to why people were nervous about using our system or signing up with us, we flip it on its head and tell stories through the content, true stories, because then we're able to also showcase how we've directly helped specific clients. So if anyone's going to take anything away from, you know, what it is that we're talking about today, instead of being super entrepreneurial and just like in the shower, oh my gosh, I have this idea to make this post on Twitter. It's instead of being super yoloing like that with your content strategy it's what are people actually telling you they're struggling with and then how can you create true stories that you've had or like analogies based around those things and simultaneously don't the one thing that and another thing sorry that I see all the time is people being like too far off and unrelatable to their potential clients or users or the people that, that, that you actually want to follow. So if, for example, you were trying to have other SaaS founders follow you, then, okay, speaking about SaaS founder things is great. But if you're trying to have people who want to get rid of toxins, then speaking to everyday people is yep. a much better strategy. So I'll give you an example. Like one of our clients, she was always talking about, oh, my business makes a hundred grand a month. But she helps people basically have an online brand that allows them to leave their nine to five job. And Mm. so that a hundred grand a month sounds so unrelatable to them. So they weren't joining her. And as soon as she took her content down and essentially brought it closer to the ideal client of hers, she was actually getting interest and people started really reposting her content. And that's another thing. What would your ideal clients share? So for example, for you, if you took, you know, that classic like water filter thing that everybody has. Yeah, the Brita. Like, that, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's, if you had a photo of that and you're literally like, this thing is like gonna, I don't know, whatever, some some legit facts, not super crazy. Not like it's gonna kill you, but yeah. this thing- You're still drinking like, arsenic when you drink out of this filter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this could give you arsenic poisoning. Okay, if you were to have an, a big ass arrow pointing to that, and then in, in your caption, you essentially explain what the hell's going on there. People are going to start sharing that. That's like a great way for you to reach more people. So it's not about what do you want your peers to share? It's yeah. about what do you want your ideal clients to share? Because they're more likely to have more friends that actually need to see that stuff too. Mm, I love that. Oh, all really good stuff. Yeah, that, there's a lot of synchronicity between what you just shared and actually probably the most fundamental approach to building tech product in general, which is built, it truly is building in a super tight feedback loop with your audience, right? 
if you're trying to build a technology product and you're just in a dark room getting all excited about what you're building, you try to launch it, it's going to flop. But the minute that you allow yourself to be like, hey, here's even just like the smallest version of this potential product, mess around Mm -hmm. with it. Let me know 10 ways that it could be better. Similar, very similar underlying intention is what I'm hearing in that of you don't have to become the Einstein of ideas. It's really just listening to your audience and creating content that's going to very deeply resonate with them. Yeah. And it's also, are you, the question to ask yourself is, am I posting for my ego or am I posting to actually help people? Because I can't tell you how many times I see people just share like this freaking random stuff. Oh, just woke up at 4am today. It's cool. No one cares. Like literally nobody cares. Or a different frame that I've had for years is I think about it as business media, not social media. So I have a rule for myself. If I find myself scrolling on Twitter or Instagram, I reach out to five of my followers. I start the conversation and I try and I tell them, I ask them, sorry, I ask them, what inspired you to follow me? Thank you so much. I'm about to create some more content. Like, and I get, I try to ask them to give me feedback Mm -hmm. and sometimes they become clients as well. So that's how I allowed myself to stop also scrolling all the time. I love that. Replacing one mechanism with something actually helpful. Yes, Uh, because as well, it's so easy to just get engulfed on social media and spend a bunch of time just, yeah, in a whole. That's true. That's very valuable. I think almost anyone listening will also be considering this is you're opening up a can of worms when you, not saying it has to be negative, but the room for that becoming a toxic relationship, the door is open for it. The minute that you're, now planning to engage with social media more and have a strategy, you're just gonna, without any barriers or guardrails, probably fall into those danger zones of scrolling and mental health <laughs> decline in some capacity. Yeah. I've been there. Well, that's if you that's if you don't have a strategy, I would say. Yes. Yeah. So did you ever use Clubhouse? A little bit. I gave it like two months of a shot and I was like, I don't not for me, but I was definitely on it for a hot minute. Okay. So basically when Clubhouse first came about. I was really sick the day that I downloaded it. And then it was Christmas. And then it was during the lockdowns. So I was legit by myself for months straight. So I had no strategy to what I was doing, but I grew my following on there to 150,000 in just a few months. And it's because I was there all the time, but that was the problem. I legitimately disregarded my entire business while I was on there. (laughs) Okay. And if I did that for three months, it was okay. But it lasted for way too long. And yes, we got tons of leads and everything. But it basically meant that like after that, in the beginning of 2021, or like the middle of 2021, I was starting again from scratch, honestly. Because yeah, we had a massive pipeline of tons of leads. But I had to pretty much come back into the business, restructure the team and do a bunch of operational stuff because it had slipped massively Mm. when I was just on Clubhouse all day. Yeah. So that probably also speaks to, I know you did say publish everywhere, but it's like really understand how social fits into your overall strategy. And I would assume that it's better to be very consistent and especially the platforms that are nurturing leads, continuing to nurture that and not get too distracted. But it's also, I'm sure, valuable to go test out these new platforms. So striking some sort of balance. Honestly, like I literally write content or the guy from my team I was telling you about writes content on a Google Doc and then we approve it for each other. Whoever's written it, we the other one approves. And then we legitimately copy and paste. From there, we take a photo from a Drive folder from Google Drive. And then either he or I, usually he will just copy and paste it to every platform. And it takes him like two or three minutes every day. Love that. Very cool. Okay, perfect. 
So that was really going to be another question too, is what does that system look like for you? Is that the extent of, is there anything else that's not included in that, in what you just shared, that's part of your system? Are you using like a content planner? No, like- do not use that destroys your reach. If you schedule your social media, it Ooh, legit like destroys the reach. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. So organically posting on every platform don't outsource your posting to like someone in the philippines because that will also ruin the reach so the guy that does mine he's in the uk and i would and, and i also have someone posting my short form videos who's in usa and uh, yeah you do not want to outsource that the other thing is the biggest part of social media success that we found is analyzing the content so we look for trends so i was on a call yesterday with someone who's pretty like famous on social media and I said to him, yeah, like if my sales team don't have a massive amount of social media content, then we always make this one post because we know that this fills a sales calendar. So if you ever see me make this post, it means that we're, we have a low sales call volume right now. He was literally like mind blown. And I was like, why are you not talking for two minutes? What's crazy about this? He was like, you measure your social media success from sales call volume. And I was like, yeah, how do you measure yours? And his comments? no and I was like oh my gosh that's so true like most people measure their social media success by how much reach it's got yeah but I personally measure it by the actual conversions that I've had because I think about it as business media not social media whereas again if you're just trying to build a brand then you need to actually if you're growing your following for example it's not just about the following growing because you just I don't know retweeted Kylie Jenner or did like a spoof of one of her videos or something are you actually growing the right followers so like looking through that following and actually seeing okay I gained 50 new followers today look at these people's pages their profile pics because is your content actually resonating with the right people in the early stages that's pretty valuable but the analysis part is probably like the biggest and most important thing because if a post has done well we want to understand like why did that do well so we'll take the exact same post and then we'll just change the first line to be something different and we'll see if it still performs and if not then we know that it was really the first line that was the thing that made it the success Mm, I love that yeah I definitely wanted to call that out because I've seen I have a bunch of friends who are pretty successful influencers and what I noticed watching them grow is it's exactly what you spoke about, which is like not trying to reinvent the wheel every time you post, but realizing this is a business. I'm here to solve one or two or a small handful of problems for people. So I'm going to position my content to address that specific problem. And it really is just the nuances of how I storytell those specific pain points, but just almost the same for, while it almost feels like it might take the joy and excitement out of content creation, but it, it can, if you really want to achieve that reach, it gets to be a science and it gets to be tactical in that way. Yeah, 100%. We have actually have a framework for making storytelling style content. And so it's pasta. So what I can do is I'll pull it up because I have a document like which has pretty good examples on it as well. But one second, let me just get it. Pasta, here for it. I don't know why my Google's logged me out of everything. Uh, I can't get it. But anyways, it basically stands for like, you take the problem. Okay. So the problem, the pain. So what's the problem or the pain that your avatar is facing? And then from there, it's like amplifying that problem and that pain. Okay. You may have 10,000 billion toxins in your home right now. Okay. And then here's the consequences of not removing all these toxins, blah, blah, blah. Okay. 
And then S is you're going to essentially tell like a story around that. Okay. And then a transformation. So a story, S and T, story and transformation. I was talking to this one person and they were having a really bad cough. And I said to them like, hey, have you thought about the toxins in your home? And they said to me, no. And then we did this and this, give some value there. I tell them the tactics on what you did. We analyzed this, we did that. We replaced this, we did that. And then the transformation. And then four months later, her rashes were gone. She had no cough anymore. And she felt healthier than ever before. Okay. And then at the end is the action. Like what's the call to action that you want people to take? So if you want to have an analysis on the toxins in your home, then DM me the word info and let's have a chat about it or something. Or click the link in the bio or head over to this link. And it can just be as simple as that. And I always center the pastor around like an aha moment. Like what's the aha moment that you want people to have? So for someone reading that story, it's, oh my gosh, the reason why I'm coughing all the time is because I have this one toxin in my house. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Pasta method, everybody. Yeah. But I love that. I think it's beautiful especially when it comes to content writing, still being creative and authentic, but rooting yourself in a method that just drives the most, even mental transformation for people. If you want to guide them to that place of true understanding, you need to reinforce it in a very specific manner. Yeah, 100%. Cool. This has been an awesome conversation. I really only have a few questions, brief questions for you left here. One of them being, for anyone who's really enjoyed this conversation, what are a few of your favorite resources? I'll give you a moment in a second to share about yourself and where people can connect with you and your business. But outside of you, what resources do you love, whether it be to monitor trends and find inspiration or just other books, resource podcasts that are really supporting you right now in everything you're doing? Man, I honestly stopped consuming a lot of content recently in the last year because I love podcast and I think it could be like mental masturbation because you're learning so much and you get this false sense of dopamine and this false sense of achievement because you learn something but then it doesn't necessarily manifest in the real world so I have to say the biggest thing for me is that I am constantly looking at surveys of my clients and my members Mm. and the reason being is I just think that's the best source of content that you could possibly have not to know what content to make of course that's helpful but also to know what to do next. Yep. Because so often it's so clear to you that it's, oh my gosh, I need to launch this Facebook ads campaign with this copy and this hook and all these videos and stuff. But if you actually look at what your customers are saying, then you know what needs to change before you do anything else. Simultaneously, I like to look across the different areas of my business from the product to the lead generation to the actual conversion to the sales, to the client experience and loyalty, and then also to the operations. I look across all of those areas and I always diagnose myself on a scale of one to seven on like, where are we actually in the business? I do this on a weekly basis because personally for me, I love marketing. I really love marketing. I love lead generation and lead conversion. Okay, these for me are really fun. So I always want to do something in that area. Whereas it's very rare. That's actually where we're ranking low because I love it so much. So I'm always looking at those different areas in my business. I'm ranking myself so that then I can see the issue right now that we went through a few months back was product. Our issue was that our product was too broad and it was bringing in just too many different types of people. And we were trying to do too much for our clients. We were just trying to be everything for them. So we had to refine the product. And then once we did that, then of course, naturally our sales conversion dropped. 
because we were able to sell to less people. So then we needed to change the way that we were selling, et cetera. And so everything happens in seasons, right? So to answer your question, I mean, there are, the first thing that comes to my mind is I love the books of Patrick Lencioni. So like the five dysfunctions of the team is really good. That's solid. I always reread those ones again and again. And content that I listen to a lot, honestly, like the main thing I listen to is the two podcasts. One is of the podcast of Max Tuning. He's like this fitness guy. And then the second one is My First Million. Because like I find I can, when I listen to that, my brain can actually turn off. And I'm not trying to bring in more information, if I'm honest. So maybe it's not the answer that you wanted, but that's what's been helpful for me. No, that's literally the perfect answer. I love that. Some people jump in and just give resources, but you're not the first person to say something to that effect. I'll give you one one very successful founder. Like I'll give you some resources, but caveat, if you're not going to act on it, it's useless. So think yeah. about your biggest problem right now and only go consume content around that. Because whatever I have to say to you is probably not your biggest problem. So I think that's, that's extremely true, yeah. valid. Just in time learning. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but I really like that. I think it reinforces everything we've talked about on this episode, which is just create such an intimate relationship with your user, whether it's your technology product or your yeah. social audience, constantly listen to them, constantly learn from them, have yeah. systems in place to collect that feedback so you mm -hmm. can do and then really act from that place. And definitely something I can even be doing more, more of in my business as well, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, this was fun. Perfect. Okay, but last one. Okay. Where can people find you and engage with you and learn more from you about growing, growing their business, growing their client list from using organic social media? Yeah. So I have a podcast, which is called Impact School. So if you just go onto whatever podcast provider that you're listening to this on and just type Impact School in there, I've had some interviews with Grant Cardone, Ed Milet. Anchor Nagpal, who sold Teachable for 250 mil. That's a really good episode, actually. That was solid. It was very interesting hearing about his experience in selling for so much and like why he actually sold. So yeah, that's just Impact School Podcast. And personally for me, I'm just on social media everywhere. It's just my name, Lauren Tickner, and you'll be able to find me. And so yeah, it would be great to connect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Lauren. Really learned a ton from you today and I know the audience as well.